St. John. Welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Stalia, and with me today is Berger Allen. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing all right. Okay, so today we are discussing your sermon from Sunday. And tell us, what was the text that you preached on? I preached on Matthew 20, uh, where Jesus is speaking a parable to his disciples about the master and the vineyard. Uh, and, and so it begins with, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he begins with telling the story. And uh, whenever we interact with a kingdom parable, uh, it gets really interesting because we want to see, you know, where is this going? What's the focus? Um, and so I wanted to uh, really bring in uh, about the master and the laborers and connect it with us and some of the stories that the church has about uh, people who have uh, labored in the faith. And you told us really interesting story about this German missionary who went to India um, to serve the people there. Can you give us a brief summary about, I don't know, just like how you chose or why you chose him and just a little bit about him? So the missionary that I spoke about, uh, his name is Bartholomeus Ziegenbaugh. And uh, how he came into my mind was, again, just going over the text and reading about laborers and uh, my mind just went to him and some of the work he did for the church uh, in India. Um, and he, he came from a really difficult situation um, because, you know, there was a lot of colonialism happening in India and um, there was uh, other missionaries that were in the field. And so the king of Denmark had uh, had this vision to send out a missionary a Lutheran missionary, and so Ziegenbog was just right out of seminary. He was uh, f- just just ordained, and um, his supervisor at that time uh, recommended Ziegenbog because of the the passion and zeal he had uh, to do some work. And so uh, he said Ziegenbog and uh, another uh, pastor to go out and to do some work there. Um, why I bring this up is because. Uh, my senior pastor, and uh, a couple other friends that I have, they belong to the Lutheran church that Ziegenbog started from India. And so uh, I just wanted to make that connection. It just felt really real to me that uh, I see these influences of how people who have labored in this world, in the faith, um, you know, uh, how how does that look like? How does it look like the master calling in different laborers and uh, the fruit of, uh, you know, their labor? And you mentioned how laborers have different tasks. In this example of Siegenbald, I mean, he went through, it sounds like, just so much. And I loved your um, the little blurb that you read about, like, him being in the scorching heat and his sun being, or his skin being red. And what a great comparison to the, the parable in Matthew, um, how... It, it says these worked, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. So I guess that was just a good reminder that some, some people that God has called um, to serve, to serve His people, um, have been through been through a lot. And yet I think the point you were trying to make was just that we are still receiving the same grace. Right. I, I think sometimes we, we see all these people doing uh, all this stuff for the faith and uh, 
you know, we don't see that happening in our lives. Um, and we start to think to ourselves, you know, we're living the faith, we're coming to church, we're doing all these things. Um, um, maybe we want to do something more or there's something else that we need to do. And I think uh, that's some of the discussion that was happening between the disciples. Um, if you read in chapter 19, uh, Jesus is talking about these things that, you know, what's going to happen in the kingdom of heaven and how he says that the disciples will be sitting on these thrones and will be judging. And uh, But along with that, what about the rest? Uh, you know, what about the other people of faith? And I think this is just a, such a beautiful parable that Jesus gives and says that, you know, the master goes out and collects these laborers. Uh, he collects all the people of faith. He, he brings them into himself. And, and what is the wage that he give? Um, you know, he gives himself. He gives the, the gift of eternal life. And that's equal to everyone. Um, regardless of what you do in the faith, uh, whether it's like Ziegenbald working in that scorching heat or it's, uh, you know, just having a conversation with someone that you, you just met. Um, God has called us uh, in different ways to labor in his vineyard. And the degrees of labor may be different, yet we all rejoice in the gift that he gives to us. You mentioned in your sermon a little bit about the 11th hour. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you also mentioned the 6th and ninth hour. And if you didn't, it's it's in the parable. I wanted to ask, um, or just for you to kind of summarize that and elaborate on it for us here. Yeah, well, just reading through the passage, you see the master goes out at different hours. You know, he goes in early in the morning, he gathers those early morning laborers, and then he goes out again, the third, the sixth, the ninth, and the eleventh hour. Um, and if you notice that pattern, you know, they're odd numbers, and it's just... Uh, all of us just reading this parable is just confusing. Why is he going out of those numbers? Why do they matter? Um, and I got really stuck on that uh, when I was writing the sermon. Just w- what do these numbers mean? Um, I got to hear uh, some commentary on this. Some people bring up Luther. Luther talks about how the first hour is Adam and the third hour is Noah and, uh, and the sixth is the prophets and then uh, the ninth hour is Jesus and the eleventh hour is us, the, the people of faith, so it's from the disciples and us. And so uh, th- there's many different interpretations that the church has done over time. Um, for for this purpose, I just focused on the ninth hour, and we get to read that in Matthew's gospel, how Jesus died on the cross on the ninth hour. And the significance of that is, yeah, God did send his son into this world to, to labor and to take on our sins um, and to give us that that gift of eternal life. And so I wanted to focus on that and and bring a connection with us, the people who have been called after that, the people, uh, all of us who have been called after what Christ has done on the ninth hour. And um, how does that look like? It, the task is still the same. The master still is going out and calling the laborers, the people of faith, uh, into him, and he still promises the same. So even if our tasks and responsibilities are different, you did say, like, in a way we're all the same because the at the 11th hour, that's after Christ has done his, his work and his labor is now the church, right? And that, was, that was kind of a cool way of thinking of it, too. So we're all different, yet in a way we're all the same, too. So what was the challenge that you had with the sermon process? So believe it or not, uh, I actually had to scrap my first version of the <laughs> That's why I'm asking the, the question. <laughs> um, and it was because I was... Uh, I had many different ideas going on. You know, the text, uh, it, 
like I said, it, it brings out so many different perspectives. Um, you know, we're talking about the master, uh, the, la- the morning laborers, the late laborers. Um, and then Jesus is sharing this parable with the disciples. So there's so many per- different perspectives happening. And so I, I just didn't know, uh, you know, which direction to take. And so. Uh, what were you originally going to do? I was or were thinking about doing? I was still thinking about uh, this concept of time. Like I mentioned, uh, what do the hours mean? Why is the master going out at different times? And I think I got really stuck up on that. And uh, then I thought, let me just focus on the whole, uh, you know, the, the master and the vineyard um, and us, the people of faith, the church. Um, I just wanted to clean that up and just focus on, on that. How does Jesus make a connection with us today and the church today? So looking at this parable... Um, I'm going to just read the last, the last verse. This is verse, well, actually, let me start at verse 13. This is what the master of the vineyard is saying, I believe. He says, uh, he replied to one of them, friend, am I doing, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? For you do or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be the first and the first last. So can you tell us like what that means, that last verse? The last will be first and the first last. So Jesus is repeating this phrase. In chapter 19, Jesus brings up the same phrase again. Um, and in this chapter, he's really, really solidifying, um, you know, what this means that the last will be first and the first last. The way I used it in my sermon was um, saying it that that's a cycle. And so I wanted to bring in, uh, you know, the different generations that were sitting in the pews. You know, right now we are the first. We are going out and working in the field. But as time goes on, there is a new generation that comes in. And so there is that still like attention. It yeah, it, it flips. That, so the tension is there. Just looking at the parable again, like the laborers who came in in the morning, the people who came in at the end, sometimes we in the church, uh, especially uh the the generation that has been here uh, for a while, uh, they start to compare themselves with that. You know, what what is the generation, uh, what did the church do at that generation? What is the church doing now? And so I wanted to explain this, that Jesus is saying that this cycle of faith will continue. Um, you know, there will be new laborers that God will continually continuously bring into the church. And so we should not think of ourselves as, you know, uh, we are the ones that uh, that have been here for a while. We've been doing different things in the church. Uh, you know, that's that's not the mindset that we should go into. We should go into thinking about what is this generosity that the master is giving to us and to the new generation that's coming in. Um, and so the cycle will continue. Jesus says the cycle of faith will continue. God will continuously bring new people of faith, and he gives everyone uh, a chance to to labor in his vineyard. And what that labor looks like is different for everyone, um, you know, and we shouldn't get caught up on that, but we should focus on the generosity of our God, the grace that he has given to us, he gives to others, uh, and we should rejoice in that. And, and again, Jesus is sharing this parable about uh, the kingdom of heaven. And so, kingdom of heaven looks like this where all the laborers of the faith will be united uh around his throne um united together in that that vineyard of god 
Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. You talking about this this cycle of generation to generation, um, and yeah, that's maybe something I hadn't thought of with that that verse before. Um, and I mean, thinking with the disciples, they were the laborers right then, um, but and then they were, you know, focusing on being seated to the left and right of Jesus on the throne, like you mentioned earlier. Um, and then later on, they, many of them were martyred for him, right? Um, and then just how, I don't know, just it, it looks different um, in our heads of what it should be as opposed to how God uses us. All right, well, this wraps up. Oh, actually, this doesn't wrap up the episode. I forgot. I have a here's some minute question, though it doesn't have to do with your sermon. Um I actually got to talk to Pastor Adam about this question beforehand, um, so I'll go ahead and take a stab at the answer. Um, the question is, why did we start standing during each song that we sing? Um, and we were kind of talking about this. Have we been standing more during songs? And um, it is, I think that is true. We probably have been standing more. Um, I don't know if that had been, like, intentional, like he was thinking or when planning the services that you guys were thinking, oh, we're for sure going to stand during the songs. There is not a law saying we have to stand when we sing. Um, but there is something beneficial to when we stand and sing, that our singing is stronger. And even I think we tend to be more alert, um, too, as, as opposed to sitting. So there can be something something good in it. But like I said, it's not a law, something that we have to do. Um, so I hope that's a little bit of an answer to the question. I think that's a really good one. And like we had said in the last podcast, we are going to start to continue to notice changes in the service now that we're approaching Lent. Um, we're getting closer and closer to Ash Wednesday. Uh, and there's, there are going to be changes to help us just wrap our minds around about what is about to happen, about to walk to the the cross of Jesus that that we'll remember, and of course, his his resurrection as well on Easter. Okay, well, this is wrapping us wrapping up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to today's discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon's in the show notes, and you can also find it on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thank you. All right, take care, you guys. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye.